Hey everyone, good day. My name is Francis Marie Tevis and welcome to Tech It or Leave It, discovering your true passion in tech, one podcast at a time. So I'm super excited for today's episode. We have one of the pillars of Cebu tech industry, if I may call it. I've known this guy for about four years now and he is very active in community events and he is recently announced to be a machine learning Google developer expert. He's also the first Google developer expert in the Philippines and the CEO of Simf. Let's welcome my first guest, Mr. Albert Badi. <laughs> Hi, Albert. Hello. I like that name. Take it or leave it. Really good, actually. Very witty. <laughs> it's my. It's Ronnie's idea, actually. The first one was like super bad, and he suggested it, and then we went with it. <laughs> so you gotta take it or leave it. Yes. Perfect. So the reason I invited you here was to actually um, inspire those people who wants to get into tech or who is into tech but is not really you know, feeling tech. Maybe it's like a discovery channel for them in tech. So I want to ask more about your history. How did you become the Albert Padin that we know? And um, you know, basically how did you get into what, where you are now? And where did you start? I know in GDG events, you always share the experiences that you have that you wanted to take up engineering and then you went to IT because of a scholarship. Yeah, choice. yeah. so actually there's a saying about Steve Jobs that he said that um, in a graduation speech that you really can't connect the dots moving forward, but you can only connect it, uh, the dots moving backward. And I think looking back at my life, you can ask me the question of like, okay, how did you get to where you are? I didn't really plan this out like exactly, right? I had a general direction, but this was not exactly how I planned it. But I'm very happy with um, where I am today. But looking back, I think um, the first my first um, encounter with tech was really when um, we were in this house. We lived in a house and the, we were renting this house and the owner of the house was a uh, computer school you know, owner that shut down his school. Mm-hmm. So all his like books, this was, uh, what was this, year 2000, 2001? And also I was around grade five, level five, and and this guy like had kept all his books and his like old computers in this um, storage room in the house. And I'm a kid <laughs> and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to the school because we moved in to Manila. This is where it was, about midway through the school year. So I was out of school for the rest of the year. So I'm like bored and I have nothing to do. Uh, we don't have television. My dad likes to hide the television. <laughs> and so I'm just wandering around the house for things to do. And I see this like storage room full of books. And so I was like, hmm, might as well just check this out, right? That's so around. I just like look at Cobol, Java, Fox Pro, <laughs> Visual Basic, um, all these books. And so I picked up the first one I remember was Java. And so I pick it up, opened it, and then I saw symbols and everything, and I was so scared. <laughs> I was like, what in the world is this? And I put it back immediately, right? And then I saw another book, and it said uh, basic. Mm-hmm. I think this was written by Bill Gates. I, I forgot, but it's just basic. And then so I was like, oh, I like this better. So I, I picked it up and opened it, and I started reading. And then I started to learn programming just by reading this this book. I had no computer, so I couldn't like actually program. But I wrote my imaginary programs. Imaginary programs. Yeah, yeah. I wrote them on paper. I would make like a, a game or a logic thing um, on paper, 
and just for fun. And I would imagine them, I imagine my program, I would reread it and see if it would actually make sense, if it mm-hmm. worked out. I would try to spot any errors. You were five, you were grade five. I was grade five. Wow. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah, I was bored. And, and I remember the, my biggest accomplishment was I was showing my program of a Fibonacci sequence to to this to this guy, to mm-hmm. the owner of, of the, um, the house. And he checked it and he said like, yeah, that's, it, correct. that's correct. And I was like, I was so proud that it's correct, <laughs> even though I never got to try it. It was in paper. You did it. It in was paper. just in paper. Yeah. Wow. It was in written and basic. Yes, basic. Yeah, I don't know if you know this, but basic, not visual basic, but mm, basic, basic basic with the line numbers where you actually say to do a loop, mm. you would do like go to line number five. Oh, okay. So that's how you would. So every every code has a line number, and then in order to loop, you would say if this is true, then go to line number five and that's how you would like sort of go back or or go to like go to line 100 and that's how you would control your code wow yeah i'm so happy that i'm <laughs> i'm coding in a new generation of languages so more or less you're like 20 years into tech like given your first app in at first code experience yeah so that was probably so that's 2000 so yeah, about 19 years 19. from that. But look, there's a big gap. After grade mm-hmm. 5, I went to high school. I <laughs> forgot all about it. I didn't really care so much about it. College, I wanted to become an electrical engineer. That didn't work out. I ended up in IT, mm-hmm. information technology. And that's when I started to get more exposed. What really jump-started my IT career, I would say, was when I was around first-year college. I didn't really, We didn't really do a lot of computer stuff there then mm-hmm. yet was really the one the story that I keep on saying that my <laughs> Tito, um, my my dad's friend, or my friend as well, asked me to make a website for mm-hmm. him and paid me for it. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't really know how to make a website, but I really liked the money. <laughs> yeah, it was a very good incentive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I said yes, and then I, I got the money, I made the commitment, and then I had to learn how to make a website. So I, I learned all of this using Google, yeah. I didn't learn it in school yet. I was still first year, so mm-hmm. we, didn't, we didn't really go to websites back then, that first year. I'm not so sure if they even do today. Um, but I just learned everything through Google. Mm-mm. So everything that you've experienced up until now, you can look back into how you get, got into tech. So um, tip one, not tip one. For those who are thinking about getting into tech, whether they are already experienced, they want to shift into tech because it's you know booming right now, mm-hmm. or just a high school student who is in love with computer games and then wants to try IT because you know it's close to computer. Um, how? What's your quality, Sigoro, or the things that they should assess in themselves before getting into tech? Oh, I love <laughs> I love this before getting into tech. I think I think we should just get into tech, right, and then figure it out there. Uh, if you ask me what quality you would need to develop or have as you are learning um, tech is just um, like analytical skills and problem solving skills. And this is usually developed by, I would say, willpower and, mm-hmm. and grit. Mm-hmm. Right? This is the ability to not stop when you get stuck, mm-hmm. right? It's the, it's the ability to resist like, I, I don't want to do this anymore. And then you walk out and watch Netflix or you, <laughs> or you, mm-hmm. or you alt tab and go to Facebook or you check your phone and start like messaging your friends and never mind and watching videos, right? This willpower of, of, of continuing to persevere and like sort of like exercising your brain, even if it starts to hurt, especially when it starts to mm-hmm. hurt. 
I think is a major quality that we need to develop in tech. And I say this because um, getting into tech is really a brain mm-hmm. thing. It's a knowledge and analytical skills based um, role or job, right? This is, there's not much physical exertion. Mm-hmm. Obviously, look at, look at, look at <laughs> <I> me. <can. laughs> I feel targeted, but it's true. <laughs> no, I mean, like we need to figure out how to, you know, being like physical exertion is not part of our job, but a lot of brain mm-hmm. power, brain power. Ex- exertion, right? And so you need to develop your brain a lot, and so you do that by doing, I don't know, brain quizzes and mm-hmm. stuff, and and persevering even if it's if it hurts. So you mentioned like persevering when you got stuck in yeah. your life. Like, um, have you ever experienced that you didn't get what you wanted to to do, or you either you were stuck, you failed a project, or you got passed by a promotion? How did you? Huh. Um, can you recall an experience and how did you uh, overcome that? Okay, many times, right? <laughs> many times. So I start with the very beginning, like. The, the website project that I had to make for my, my Tito that was that was I think paid for four or five thousand pesos um, I keep on saying four thousand pesos but I don't remember the exact value actually <laughs> um, and and that money was 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 used up like in the first month mm-hmm. like you know I ran out of that money and then I, I still didn't have a website on the first <laughs> month it took me four months wow. so throughout <laughs> that whole process I would get stuck I mean I made I made a commitment that I wasn't ready for, <laughs> so I was constantly stuck. Like, try, and I need to figure out how to connect a database to uh, to my code, to my to my PHP code back then, and then I need to get it up on the on the internet, so a domain name and all these things. In every single part of the process, I would get stuck again and again. I would have to Google my way through it. <laughs> I would have to, yeah. I would have to post in a forum. I had to post in Stack Overflow. <laughs> in fact, like Stack Overflow was very new back then. Mm-hmm. This Stack Overflow is a site for for asking question and answers for coders, and I had to ask a lot of questions in there and wait for the answers to arrive, um, just to help me get unstuck. But that those the first month the money was already gone. Those three months remaining, you spent that. <laughs> yeah, it was just like sheer willpower of like I need to figure this out. I need to deliver this because. You said yes. <laughs> I said I would do, and every time I, I see him, I can't look him in the eye. <laughs> it's coming. People. Yeah, yeah, it's almost there. It's almost there, and so yeah, I'd have to really get it done. And I think that was my first um, test and my first um, exercise, you would mm-hmm. say. And every every project after that has some sort of that variance where I would get stuck. So, for example, in Synth, we have our core ethos, like we say, we have love, change, and hack. Mm-hmm. And the hack part there actually means like we find ways. We joke about it, it's like video, video. right? Hack <laughs> video, we find ways. But it's really about that, finding ways to figure out how to solve a problem. Where mm-hmm. no is, is almost not an option, mm-hmm. where I can't do it is, is not an option, where uh, there's no way to do it is not really an option. There's always a way to do it, and we just have to find it. It's always a solution to every yeah, problem. So, yeah, so that's what uh, needed to be developed. So do you think that um, for those audience that are now currently stuck in their decisions or their projects, is it good that they have a problem in tech? What do you mean? Or they are like experiencing difficulty in tech? Huh. Well, experiencing difficulty is not the goal. Mm-hmm. Experiencing difficulty is a side effect of trying to achieve the goal, right? And the goal is to become more proficient. The goal is to become uh, better at at creating um, 
for example coding or or it's better designing or or, or making an app for mm -hmm. example or making a system that's the goal now there will be problems along the way and so developing the ability to push through through those problems is what you need to to develop so is it good that they're encountering problems I'm not so sure if it, I would say it's good I would say it's a stepping stone or yeah it's a part of the journey and you a just need to continue to it it's normal it's a sign of progress it's a sign of progress uh, yes, yes. Um, it's up to you if you want to continue as well <laughs> it's a test it's, it's a, a question right? will you, you continue and it's a yes or no <laughs> so um, you were a developer like I, I think now you're still a developer what mm -hmm. do you think is a good quality in a developer right now maybe we have those because I remember you mentioned like back in 2015 or 2016 to me that you had a talk in a school mm -hmm. that about only up to a couple percent of the graduates will become good developers yeah yeah so yeah so there's a survey <laughs> a couple of years back that said like Filipino developers that graduate out of college um, about a huge percentage like I think it was like 80% I forgot the exact number but it was like 80% or something will actually not be at par with the industry mm -hmm. meaning that they are not uh, good developers mm -hmm. so they're not equipping skills and, mm -hmm. and they're not ready for the industry and so yeah that, that's sort of alarming so the question is like what kind of quality Qualities. it's actually just the ability to learn on your own I think the ability to learn on your own and uh, I would say more importantly than that is like the ability to understand why something works and how it works okay um, the what I usually use as an example is like the Rubik's Cube you know the Rubik's Cube right you have like this the cube that you can twist and turn to get the colors on the same side you just have to imagine it right because you're doing a <laughs> podcast audio only so you have that Rubik's Cube and and I think in in major part of the Philippines, I would say that we we know how to to to, to solve this Rubik's cube mm. because we've Googled it, or our friends gave 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 us a cheat sheet, right? <laughs> gave the us moves. the steps, the moves, and we just memorize the moves, mm. and we're really good at that. When we get so proud that we are able to fix a Rubik's cube and solve it um, because we know the steps, like mm. we master the steps. In mm. fact, we watch the YouTube videos how to do it, mm. and we've mastered that, and that's sort of how we learn. Um, and that's okay and that's good when mm -hmm. life is always about solving Rubik's Cubes <laughs> exactly but when life is about solving different types of Rubik's Cubes for example when life gives you a different type of Rubik's Cube like a 6x6 instead mm -hmm. of a 3x3 right then those Everything steps that you here. learn you're like oh my goodness I can't like apply this mm -hmm. onto this one so I have to look for another thing to study right but what I think should happen really is we should develop the skill where we look at Rubik's Cube and instead of like looking at YouTube and getting all the answers from there we try to analyze the fundamental principles of how it works and try to develop our own algorithm or try to attack the problem with our own steps and try to figure it out and like the response is usually like wait isn't that really really hard and mm -hmm. like exactly <laughs> right exactly that's the part of your brain that we need to develop to, to be able to do something hard right to analyze a problem and break it down to its fundamental um, issues or fundamental principles and then sort of like address that and develop your own algorithm so that when life throws you another Rubik's Cube 6x6 six six, for example or 12x12 12 12. yeah you're you're not stuck waiting for the YouTube video for a tutorial right 
but you actually like really try to harmonize on your, on your, on your own. Now there's a balance to this. Mm -hmm. I think there's a balance because I think there's a large part of, of the industry where you can solve problems by, by Googling them, mm -hmm. by, by, get, by leveraging other people's knowledge. But there's also a large part of, of the tech industry that are, I would say, new problems or mm -hmm. unique problems, case-to-case -case problems, that you will need to have the analytical skills to be able to, to solve them. Yeah, to solve them. And I think we're super imbalanced and we're very much onto just the googling the and knowledge and memorizing, yes? Mm -hmm. And that's why we we have a lot of training, we do a lot of training. That's okay, but we should definitely do that as well. But we should also look at this analytical side and sort of develop that as well. So that there's a balance, knowledge and analysis. Those are equally important. Yeah, um, yeah. and in the Philippine state, I think we are imbalanced towards the knowledge only. And so we need to also develop the analysis. So we need to have more developers who are, can easily adapt to the growing change of yeah. problems. Yeah, analytical skills. And the only way you can develop analytical skills is by analyzing. Mm -hmm. So you have to just exercise analytical skills by analyzing problems again and again, solving problems. Yeah. So let's say that you know a person listening to our podcast now wants to be a better developer, and then you said analyst, analytics or yeah. analysis. Yeah. How does he process that, or how does he make development in his own skills? So, so there's this site actually. It's called Euler's, or it's spelled E U L. Oh my goodness, how do you spell E U L E U R S? I think. Euler's. Yeah, Euler's or Euler's or whatever you want to say that. You just Google it. It's pretty famous. <laughs> Euler's um, website, and basically, it's a it's a website where, where there are a lot of programming problems, mm -hmm. and challenges, and I think that's a good place to start. I I went through that mm -hmm. uh, that website. I use that website, and it just gives you like simple problems, and as you solve them, it gives you bigger problems, and then after you solve the problem, it sort of allows you to compare notes with how other people solved it as well. Mm -hmm. So it gives you an idea, but. We have to resist the urge to go directly to the, to the how other people did it, uh -huh. just so that we can copy paste their answers. And, or <laughs> so how. let's say that we solve the project. The yeah, problem. the goal is not to solve the problem. The goal is to exercise our brain mm -hmm. in trying to solve the problem. The goal is, it's not a test, right? You don't get anything by, by passing, <laughs> answering. Yeah, by answering it correctly. What you actually get is through the process of trying to answer this, you develop your brain analysis. Um, and then you get to compare it with others, so you get sort of like the two things. Analysis, the first part, and then you get the knowledge on the second part. So that's one of the things that I would strongly recommend to go, to so go through. go to exercises. Yeah, so Euler's site or Euler's site is a pretty famous one. Okay, thanks Albert. So guys, Euler's.com. Yeah, maybe you can, you can uh, actually you have to double check what the link is. Yes, yeah. I will I'll post that on the link or the description sure. when I upload this one. Okay, so let's go into your company, Sim. Sure. So, um, what kind of um, company it is to those who are um, wondering, like, how does Albert Padin run a software development company? Yeah, so I have to say that I have two co-founders. I mean, it's not just me. So uh, <laughs> there's Dave Overton and there's Dan. And we like to joke that um, Dan is like love, Dave is like... Um, um, change or the business side and then I am like hack, hack yeah, <laughs> the tech side so Dave, Dan is like the designer Dave is like the business and I am more of like the, the tech guy mm -hmm. and so yeah the reason why we put together Synth is because we wanted to bring our ideas into the world and we didn't have money 
mm-hmm. and it was very difficult to get investment money mm-hmm. back then in 2011, 2012 here in the Philippines. And so we said, hey, why don't we just like build a company where we do stuff, websites, tech systems for for companies and for individuals and use the money to pay the bills. And on the side, we're going to build some products and startups. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what we've been doing, right? So we have um, we have our, I would say, cash flow coming from, from projects. From projects, yeah. Um, and then we have our products as well mm-hmm. that we build. And so we build over, I would say, 15 products already. Wow. Um, most of them have not worked out as we wanted them to, which is normal. <laughs> it's normal. It's normal in startups. Um, and there's a few that we've were successful, and some of those that we've also exited. And so those are like, um, that's really what we wanted to do, and that's what we're doing right now. In terms of like culture and like, like the feel of the company, I think we're very, uh, we like to, we are, I would say, anti- or like the antithesis of bureaucracy or corporations, Correct. right? I would say or the normal corporate or the office stereotype, yeah, office office life. office life. So, for example, we have I would say real flexi time. Mm-hmm. So, what I mean by that when I say real flexi time, it's not a flexi time where you get to arrive like just make sure that you arrive before eleven a.m. Mm-hmm. or before one p.m. But rather, it's real meaning in the sense you really can arrive anytime you want, want. right? And then we you can also work remotely. We just have this what do you call this block system or accomplishment system where every day two times a day people submit mm-hmm. what they've accomplished so far and that gets automatically bit, um, go into the system and that gets sent as updates to everybody that's involved so you get a clear picture of where the project is and what what has been accomplished mm-hmm. so I would say that's the major thing about our company flexible um, real flexibility and then yeah, the love part. So the I would say love change hack, right? Mm-hmm. That's our ethos. So love part is like we we like to build things that people love, and mm-hmm. we put um, a lot of love in the things that we do. And then I would say change is we're always constantly driven to improve, right? Uh, for example, we're almost always trying every something new. I would say every two weeks. Wow. Well, yeah, we're experimenting, and we've we've tried something and then did not continue it. Uh, we've tried something and we liked it and sort of like it dies down and we've tried some things and we've adopted them and changed but we're constantly trying out something new um, and then finally hack uh, or going back to change which means we also love to work on projects that have an impact or have a change in the community mm-hmm. that's why we're very much like community involved mm-hmm. we like to share what we know so hopefully we can change the community here for the better um, and then going to hack hack or finding ways uh, we really have the principle of like, hey, we just have to find a way. Like, oh yes, this is hard. This is difficult. Some people would say, oh, it's impossible. Uh, we just say, oh, we'll just That's find right. a way. Yeah, let's find a way. And we'll really try to find a way, right? So, for example, with a lot of the dealings that we had with, with um, the World Bank and, and the government, a lot of the projects that we did for them were projects that a lot of people gave up on. Oh. Right, like oh, this is already a mess. We don't know what to do, and then so then they call Simf, like, hey Simf, like, can you do this? And we're like, sure. Sure. When is it needed? Like next month. Oh my goodness, that's gonna cost you. And like, sure, <laughs> but we just need. So we come in like like the SWAT team, right? Like <laughs> everyone's yeah, all, like all bam nice. bam. We clean up the mess. <laughs> we we fix things. We we build it and we beat the deadlines. I remember this story actually like mm-hmm. one time we, we got contacted um, apparently like uh, they wanted to build a site um, 
and then the, this is like the the freedom of information site, mm-hmm. and then they. Uh, so the president had announced that there will be a site on like I think I forgot the exact dates, but like so and so November something or September something, and it was two months away. And so we like very interested. And we're like, wow, that's really cool. And so we asked like the people involved, and like, that's really cool. Who's building it? And then they were like, actually, they don't know. <laughs> we don't, we don't know yet. Do you know anybody who can help us? <laughs> and we're like, oh my goodness, you mean you already announced a launch date and, and you don't have a they don't have a people yeah to, to build it yet. We don't have a plan yet and what it's gonna look like and stuff. So yeah, we got we got engaged and we 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 did it and. Yeah, it was in record time in less than two months. But yeah, that's I think that's the hack principle in place, and it was change. It was a change. It was a good for the, it had a good impact, and they wanted to be part of it. And so yeah, the team worked really, really hard to deliver it, and they were able to do so. That's super cool. Imagine two months, and then you were just informed that you do this now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we had a choice, right? It's not like we were informed of like, hey, do this. <laughs> like, do this. No, we were asked, like, would you like to be part of it? And we're like, oh, that's, that's crazy, but let's sure, do it. Let's yeah. Do it. <laughs> yeah. That's super nice. Like, do you think that uh, everyone in your team shares that same? Yeah, I would say yes, that? and in some levels, right? Yes. We're always in a journey. So mm-hmm. I would say, um, like some people have more of the hacky mentality and not so much on the love. Mm-hmm. Um, change is always hard, I think, mm-hmm. for everybody. And I think um, change is where where there's a very there's a lot of people I would say who are early adopters and or welcome change. And there's also a bunch who like still uncomfortable with change. And but we constantly push for that, right? But you could imagine Simph as like this big blob of different people who are generally moving to that direction. But I would say we have each individually varying stages of maturity mm-hmm. in each of those levels. Yeah, even me, still, still, I'm working on some of them. Still in progress. Yeah, but that's cool. At least it's in progress, right? Yeah, yeah, always. So um, I, I want to ask. Like, I know we have audience now who are like maybe developers or business owners who wants to start a startup. Okay. So how do they find? Do they find first the culture that they want to work with? Or do they find the perfect co-founder? Like, in, in like in five sentences, maybe. How do they, How do you <laughs> five sentences? But it's like super. How, but in general, what's your biggest tip to those who wants to start a startup? Because it's not easy to just you know start a business. It's not. It yeah. has to have like passion, right? I think, I think starting a startup starts with solving a problem. So I think instead of trying to start a business, try to solve a problem first, mm-hmm. right? Um, what I mean by this is that instead of like trying to form a team, um, actually go to the customer first, so go to the potential customer and, and identify the problem that you want to solve and then try to solve it as much as possible with the least resources as possible. Mm-hmm. Now, but then I think the biggest fear that most people have, the reason why they want to start a, a team and build a system and everything is because they think that there will be overwhelming demand and they won't be able to handle it if they don't have a team. And so that's like the the recurring fear that people have and that's why they tend to like build a team, build a system because if we we go out there, the problem is gonna be solved and people are gonna flock to our startup and they're gonna start building, uh, they're just gonna start paying us to do this and we won't be able to handle the load and need to have a team. But the time it doesn't work that way. (laughs) Yeah, so I would say like first like- Check. yeah, get the get um, a customer, get them to pay, solve their problem, come back, and like maybe 
build a prototype of it and sort of like I would recommend like reading the lean startup mm-hmm. I think that's a very important uh, book to read I, I've seen many businesses or individuals like spend so much money on developing something and building an app without even testing it without even validating it and and it's such a such a waste of money to be honest and a time and effort yeah and 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 they realized like at the end of six months of building the app that um, the users actually kind of like the app but they have a different problem they're willing to pay for and then so you're gonna rebuild another thing so it's b- best to just you know go lean so it's a lean startup read that that's a good way to actually start a startup okay so those guys again lean startup it's is it an ebook or i think there's ebooks for it i have the physical book but yeah you should check that out if you're planning to start a startup okay just to like segue yeah um, in the, in modern people now, I think like maybe only fifty percent of the population likes to read. Okay. But is it needed if you want a career in tech that you should like to read, or do you have other methods to, like you said, to continuously learn, continuously improve, aside from reading or other hacks? Maybe. Yeah, I would say reading is essential. Is is the I would say the so what comes into my mind is what Elon Musk said about the data density or the information density of what you consume when you read is actually the highest data density transfer per unit of time meaning like the amount of information that you get when you're reading a book versus you're watching a video versus listening to a podcast it's the highest when you're reading a book mm-hmm. right um, I would say for some people it's also very effortful <laughs> to keep reading a book. So you have to just balance it out. It doesn't mean that you don't have information transfer when you're listening to this podcast, for example, or to this, uh, watching a video. But um, books are, I would say, still the highest until we invent like a like way. the Matrix style where oh, I want to learn Kung Fu. Then they just <laughs> load it into your brain, right? <laughs> Microchips. Yeah, five minutes, load to your brain. I know Kung Fu, right? So... Something like that. Um, right now, it's still it's still reading a book. I don't know if that's actually true, but that's what I I read <laughs> read from what Elon Musk said. Yeah. So we should like most probably like try to read a book. I wouldn't say you should try to read a book. I would say you should just feed yourself information. information. And for you, if the easiest way you can feed yourself information is watching a video, then do that. Mm. If you are if it's a podcast like listening to audiobooks, do, do that. that. If you, if you like reading, then do that. Or if you like doing the different kinds of things in different parts of the day, right? It's really hard to read when you are going to the gym in a treadmill. Mm-hmm. But it's very easy to watch a video or listen to a podcast. Mm-hmm. So I would say just do that, do right? That. Just basically get out and then feed yourself information. Yeah, feed yourself good information, mm-hmm. diversity of information. Mm-hmm. That's really good. Okay, okay. That's noted, guys. Just get out there and feed information. Okay, let's go back a bit. Um, you talked about you know your favorite ah sorry you talked about your products mm-hmm. in tech mm-hmm. um, can you share to us just curious um, what are your favorite products in tech and then your least favorite products like I won't say hate but the things that um, are not likable in your in your work so far like what do you like most about tech it can be a language or it can be an app a gadget what I like? What do you mean? Like, favorite, favorite. Like an app? Um, in general, like, what are your favorite things in tech? 
Oh my goodness. I, I, there's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe I, top three. Maybe top three. So I, I would say... I, like if I, every, everything in the world... In, okay. In tech. Yeah, so I would say I really like Facebook. Um, and the reason why I really like Facebook is because it's really connected the world mm-hmm. in, in, in such a great way. Now, for that, you know, people are people, so it connects the good and the bad. Mm-hmm. It connect, it amplifies our, you know, our biases and our problems and our faults. And it just exposes that we are a huge human, a huge dysfunctional human family <laughs> that's trying to work it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's basically connected. Mm, like Everyone. I would say a major part of the world. And I think that's really, really great. It makes me um, really happy to be living in a time like this Mm-mm. where I am just a messenger, you know, communication, a friend request away from from somebody else who's like in a different part of the world and I'm able to connect, right? So for me, I, I really like, like that, part, that part of Facebook. Facebook. I also enjoy the messenger app because mm-hmm. it's so easy to send messages and, mm-hmm. and, and emojis and just <laughs> express yourself and do a video call, send a video. Like, I think that's made my... Like, now that I'm married, I'm separate from my family. Like, I, I live in a different house. And, and I, my siblings are also, like, maybe they live in different houses as well. Like, I have a brother in Manila. It's and, easier. And so it's easy. We have a group chat in Messenger. And I think mm-hmm. this is one example of how technology has enabled, like, still meaningful connections despite the distance. And it's it's great. Um, yeah. Obviously, it has disadvantages, but I'm I just I just focus on the, the advantages, yeah, mm-hmm. of it. So that one. Second one is, I I really love like these cloud technologies coming up. I'm a Google Cloud developer expert. I use a lot of Google Cloud and company and Simf, but just the accessibility of computing technologies. Mm-hmm. Do I would say the common man mm-hmm. is happening? The, the accessibility of machine learning and artificial intelligence to a normal developer is super exciting, meaning you have technology in accessible to, to I would say, like people here in the Philippines, mm-hmm. and to anybody who has access to the internet has access to computer technologies. And what that happens is that these people can create things, create technologies, create apps, create um, um, systems that would be like another Facebook that would do something meaningful, right? Would um, another, another Google, another, Apple, and not just for the sake of making a lot of money, but for actually creating a really big impact in the world. We don't, we no longer have like, um, I would say, um, like the big corporations no longer have exclusivity of access to technologies where they only they can build the great things. Mm-hmm. But it's been democratized in a sense that any developer in any place in the world can now have some sort of access. access. Right, and it's not just a matter of time for them. Their willpower, their effort, their ability to put together a team to convince their friends or or their peers to work on something that's impactful. But they can if they already wanted to. And right, and even with Facebook, where everything's hyper connected, meaning they can also like you know release their app <laughs> and give it a chance to see like the rest of the world can actually start using it. And I say this for example, we built an app called Decision Jam, and we use this for in the company to make decisions. Um, and we just sort of release it. We don't really promote it. We just put it there. And we have users in France. We have users. I have. I get emails of people requesting features. I don't even have the time <laughs> to to modify it and build the features. But we have people using it. It's very interesting that that you know just because of technology and how we're connected that I can build something here that becomes something usable for so somebody else. Other people on the side of the uh, the world. Yeah. So. That's yeah. So the cloud technologies, uh, 
Google Cloud, um, and the hyperconnectivity of Facebook. The combination of that makes me really, really excited and, and happy to be living in a town like this. So that's your top three? Do, do you have a top one? For what? A favorite um, thing in tech, or is that Facebook, Messenger, and Cloud already? Yeah, you can say that, yeah. How about your least favorite? Are the things hate is a strong word, but something you don't like about tech? Something. Something I don't like about tech. I'll give you time to, to think about it. Because for me, um, I think the there's a lot of things that are bad in tech now. But if it's I give me an example of what you think is bad in tech. Mm, okay, I actually have a hard time. Yes, Facebook's also bad, like social media in general that is used in the bad side. Yeah, so, okay. So it's difficult for me to think, right? Mm -hmm. um, what's the tech that I hate? Because I feel like tech is not something that is bad. It's, not. it's, it's neutral and it's, it's, it's able to be molded in the hands of... The user. The user, correct. Um, for example, like the same... The same machine learning model or the same technology that that we use to create funny, you know, transform our faces into like cats mm -hmm. and 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 have this really cute video where you send to your wife and you know you share a meaningful moment. Mm -hmm. It's the same technology you can use for for this. Um, there's this app that was released, which is called um, I forgot what it's Face called, app? but oh. no, no, it's where you basically take a picture of somebody um, and then you can like a filter which will remove their clothes. Wow. Yeah, so it's like, it's the same technology. Mm. Um, instead of like turning a person into a cat, you turn a person into a naked version of themselves, mm. right? And so, it's that kind of technology where you're like thinking, oh man, yeah, right? On one side, you have a meaningful moment, and on the other, it's being used as the same in a similar way, but on the opposite spectrum of like hurting or... or Humiliating people. Yeah, and, or it's just bizarre, and so, yeah, that's that's where that's where the questions have, have, are being asked, right? So if you look at one side, you're like, "Oh, tech is bad, machine learning is bad." Mm -hmm. On one side, you also have it's it's really good and it's, it's nice and helpful, but it comes with the territory, right? So these two things. So I think it's up to people to really decide what they want to do with technology. With yeah. great power comes great responsibility. From yeah, it's, it's amazing how Spider-Man has really uh, <laughs> affected our lives in yes. so many ways. Yeah. So it's hard for me to think. I would say though, um, I would say that tech that I don't like are tech that is not easy to use by humans, I would say. Ergonomically. But yeah, tech that's not not well designed mm -mm. to be used by the people where it makes the lives of their users difficult. Difficult and <laughs> they just better have to off use. without it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say that's that's uh, anything that doesn't um, serve its better purpose. Yeah, or, or more of like makes life harder for people, <laughs> and just period, like mm -hmm. a badly designed interface, uh, a very slow Internet. Uh, um, <laughs> like app or something. I, I would say I don't like those things. Okay. So let's go back again to your work. How do you balance? Like, do you have, I know you have work-life balance, but you know, in all the stress you're managing a company, you're a Google developer expert, you have family, you have other stuff on the side. How do you balance it all? First of all, I live very close to the office. Like the Wi-Fi reaches my apartment. <laughs> yeah, 
So well, I've set up a repeater. But anyway, <laughs> so my point is like I am literally like one to two minutes away Wait. walking distance from the office. And every time the office moves, I move. And the reason is because I try to find places, parts in my life which I can optimize. And, and sitting in traffic is something that is not, not really good uh, for me. And so it wastes a lot of time. And we only have 24 hours in a day and you have to sleep like at least for me eight, eight hours. Yeah, so then you need to be wise about how you spend the rest of the time. So first of all is I, I liberate the time that's supposed to be spent in traffic. So I do this by just moving to the office or moving close, close to the office. So that's one. So now I have some more time to work with than a normal commuting human being. <laughs> um, I have a little bit more leeway. Now that said, um, the... The other thing that enables me to, I would say, have not super stressed is I have a good team, right? Like, I have a team that I can trust, mm -mm. meaning right now I'm not wondering what's happening to this client and to this other client, to this other client, because I know my team is taking care of it and they care about the, the product. Yeah, they care the about client. the product, they care about the project, and and they're applying love, change, and hack, mm -mm. you know, that. So I don't have. Um, that many worries. I don't. Though I don't worry about the sewer delivering well. So because I have a good team, what I usually what usually consumes a lot of my time are really thinking of for the future. Mm -hmm. Like what are the new things that we need to implement to move us towards the direction of where we want to be um, six months from now, a year from now. And so that's my main role, right? Leading the company through changes to move us because. And the rest of the company is focused on like the now delivering the project delivering the product getting the sales in mm -hmm. so I am focused on like okay let's move the whole company to grow the value of the entire company by like implementing this change streamlining this process um, getting a, a, a big strategic uh, partnership um, like working on that for six months mm -hmm. so that's really um, Things that keep yeah, I would say that the reason why I can handle a lot of, I have like my life is not super stressed, is because I have a good team, mm -mm. and I let them do their job, right? And then I just sort of like focus on the, on the future. Very cool, very cool. Um, just a question. Um, how do you, you said that you have a team, then you you know that you're um, you're confident and you trust them. Um, what makes you? What are the good qualities of a good team or a good leader? Nalang? How how do you distinguish a good leader? Okay. So the only reason why a leader is a leader is what makes a leader is if the people follow them, mm -mm. right? So the way we hire people at Simf is mostly through our internship program. Okay, we we rarely hire people like. Straight well, out, yeah. Unless we know them and work with them in the community, like for example, like you, Francis, <laughs> um, and we sort of we know how you mm. you you are and who you are and what you know and how you behave and because culture and attitudes is very important mm -hmm. to us, perspectives and mindsets very important to us. So with the internship program, um, people get in because they have skills, so they have to show sample of works, they have to prove that they're good. Even then, we already have a high standard, so the mm. people are skilled get in, and when they get in, this is the chance for us and them to be able to see if they have matching values. It's very difficult 
to to see the value of a person or the values that the person has or the mindset in an interview. Interview, right? Yeah. Even if you do multiple interviews, it's very difficult. So what we the internship program gives us is this like long period of time where they can we can really observe them sort of in like the natural habitat mm-hmm. of like the SIMF office and interacting with the team. And so we get to observe them, and once we observe them, we at the end of like two months, we know if this person is a good fit mm-hmm. or it's a nah, nah. or I'm mean, usually these people Come are yeah these people are good but but not the right fit mm. right and this this I would say it's important to know the difference that they're not necessarily bad people they're they're great people but I think um, Simp would not be the best place for them yeah. to for to shine and also um, they are not the best person to fit in the role that we're we're searching for so. That's how we find, I would say, good people. So, in like, can you tell me um, normally how does your friends describe you? Like, I know that when you're asking an employee, like they would say, Albert's a good leader, a good developer, like very caring employer. But basically, how, think, do, how does yeah, I think you have to ask my friends for that. <laughs> I don't know. I can't. What are the three best words to describe you, Nalanga? <laughs> the three best words, I would say, um, change trigger happy. Like I love changing things. I feel like my comfort zone is in the uncomfortable. Wow, that's something. Yeah, amazing. so I love doing things that, except eating new food. I really don't. Do that. <laughs> I don't see anything. That's, that's the <laughs> but, one for me. <laughs> but try, but trying something out, trying something new. I'm always, always trying Up to change it. things, right? Trying something new is always what I, what I do. So I would say change trigger happy. Um, another one is I would say, I. Yeah, I don't know. I would say I don't easily give up. I just keep and just keep going, and so that's good and bad. I would say I have to know when to give up on an idea. Yeah, when to stop. But I, I, and a good side is that sometimes like it works out because you didn't give up on. Yeah, and I would say the third one is. um, I would say I like to take on ambitious things. Right. Something that is um, sort of out of your yeah, out of the comfort zone, bigger than. Though I would say, just thinking about it, I felt like I'm a little Challenge. less ambitious than I was before, which I don't like. I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, I would say I had bigger dreams before. I kind of like as growing older, like my dreams have sort of become smaller, in a sense. It's still big. Like for example, like dominate the Philippines. Before I would say like dominate the world, right? <laughs> so so I'm like hmm. It's not good. I have to rethink this. You don't read the Philippines. <laughs> yeah, I have to like you know, like roll out, make an impact, and change in the whole world. I have to yeah. change the world. That's a good question because I I may, it made me think. <laughs> maybe after, maybe let's see at no year. Maybe you change a lot. <laughs> yeah, I will. I'll be like, okay, I'm dreaming bigger again. That's super cool. Okay, I have like three last questions. Sure. Number one is, um. How did you? How well, like, What? What is your? I'm sorry for that. What is your ultimate goal in tech? Okay, I want to change the world for the better. Really, um, I think a major motivation for me was like you know people in poverty. I've seen mm-hmm. poverty and I don't like it. And I think it's unfair and I think it shouldn't shouldn't happen. I think people should be help each other um, achieve a better, higher quality of life. Right. 
and I tech is a venue for me to be able to do that and to contribute the most. I would I would say it's for me it's the most effective to do two things. One is to create technology that makes life better, and second is to create technology that uplifts the economy in general. Creates an impact. Yeah, and lift a thing up the economy in general lifts everybody up mm-hmm. most of the time, and so that decreases the poverty levels or increases the quality of life. So that's the major reason why. What's your that's your ultimate goal? Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'll have a follow-up question. Sure. What, what, if, what if we have people like those who get got into tech because yes, it's booming and then you know it's practical. You know, they say then you're when you're into tech, they have like big bucks after a couple of years. Yeah. Um, do you think it's good that they went into tech because of the practical side, because they're capable of getting money, or do you have to really love tech to get into tech? What? Why not? Sure, I think you can I think, do best of both worlds. Yeah. I mean, look, it's everybody's choice to do whatever they want, and sometimes doing something you don't necessarily love for the money, so that you can then do something that you, you love, know. is okay, right? Like for example, like I used to sell um, sanitary napkins door to door. Wow. Yeah. Um, so that I could make money to be able to buy stuff that I want. Mm-hmm. And did I dream about selling sanitary napkins? <laughs> like, is that what I love to do? Totally not. It was mm-hmm. kind of bizarre, actually. But I did that because it made money, made good mm-hmm. money. And and I was able to use that money to do whatever I wanted with it, whether it was for myself or for my friends or for my family. And I think that's okay. Totally a valid reason. Do something and then do something that you want. Yeah, like going to tech and if you're good at it, then you're able you to... Yeah, you, you make a lot of money and and then you go take your family on a vacation in Italy, in Europe mm-hmm. or wherever, Boracay, and and if that's your reason, I don't see anything wrong with that. You mentioned that if you're good in tech. Yeah. What if you're bad in tech? Like we know people, <laughs> like I know people. I, I, I hope I'm not one of those people. But you know, if you're bad in tech and uh-huh. then you don't like tech. But you know, it's practical. What 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 should you do by then? We have lost people actually listening. I have actually had people message mm-hmm. me that it's cool, like maybe I will discover my true passion with it. So what's your biggest tip to those who are maybe not they're bad in tech but unsure of where they are now? Like it, it Okay. So well tech is not necessarily just coding, right? Mm-mm. Tech for example, our company has project managers, you have salespeople, you have marketing people, you have people who actually code, you have people who design, you have people who test. There's a wide range of skills that can be applied in the tech industry. Mm-mm. Now, obviously, some things pay more than others, like machine learning right now pays way more than just normal web development. But what I'm trying to say is that um, if you are not good in specific thing, does it mean you're not good in tech in general? Mm-mm. What if you can be good in testing? What if you can become good in like uh, coding if you're not good in testing? Mm-hmm. What if you can be good in designing if you're not good in mm-hmm. actual coding? What if you can be good in project management if you're not good in designing and mm-hmm. coding? And then other stuff. Yeah. There's a lot of roles in tech that still pay well that that you can pick from, mm-hmm. right? I think it's a mixture of you, you have to be good at something in order to be hired. And mm-hmm. if you get hired for it, Usually that means you're good enough. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be the greatest. You don't in have to tech, be the greatest. Right? You just have to be good enough. And uh, being hired is a good sign. Not getting fired is a good sign. 
<laughs> that's true. That's yeah. true. <laughs> when you feel like you're about to get fired, maybe like you know, like try to switch a role, mm-hmm. try to find like another um, another role or another company. Uh, but yeah, finding what you're good at and at the same or good enough at, and then and you need to explore to be able to find that. It's not like I think people feel out the pressure of getting it right the first time. Mm, yes, I don't think you have to do that. I think you can get it right. After two or three or four tries, and that's okay. So how do they like? How do they do to find that for your? Interview? You just gotta try. Just I feel like a lot of the time we're talking about how to give advice to people so that they can prepare to do something. I don't like that actually. <laughs> I think I think you should just do go. it and and go with it, and then you will learn. Mm-hmm. You will learn. You no matter how many advice that we give right now, if you never jump in, it will take longer. So might as well just go in, and you will quickly realize for yourself, with mm-hmm. our advice or no, with, mm-hmm. or with our advice or without our advice, you will quickly realize for yourself that what is good for you and what is not. Mm-hmm. And you know, time is precious, so don't waste time. Just get started now. Yes, that's true. Yeah. But if you're going to development, do you think it's very essential to have a portfolio with you? Well, you can't go into development, right? In the beginning, you have no portfolio. You, mm-hmm. you have to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. So once again. Try. Like, yeah, you do something like do the website for a sari sari store. Get uh, get paid by your tito. <laughs> Find a tito. That's Find a your tito. tito. Find a tito or or make a promise. Like put a post on Facebook that you're gonna make a website in one month and then tell your Any friends. Any takers. Yeah, or or tell people that you're gonna give them a deal, five hundred pesos for a website, right? Wow, five hundred. Yeah, or one thousand. <laughs> a lot of people get mad at that. The real ones um, are in this industry already, but. You know, you gotta do what you gotta do to be able to put yourself to into a commitment mm-hmm. that will pressure you to start. Because, or else you might take so long. You're always dilly-dallying, always preparing, always like listening, next time, next time. always reading a book, always reading, uh, listening to a podcast, mm-hmm. watching How a video. To be inspired. <laughs> yeah, and never starting. You know, it's like you never get fit by watching all the videos of how to get fit or how to exercise. You, you only do if you exercise. Yeah, if you exercise. So. St- not necessarily stop watching the videos, but you need to start exercising. Doing it in parallel. Yeah. So basically, you need to get committed, you know, find, try, and then just go and start. Yeah. That's how you find your true passion in tech. Yeah, searching for it. So you you gotta try different roles. Maybe if you're lucky, you land right away on that role that you like. Or if you're like most people, it'll take a few tries. Okay. This is my second to the last question. Go. How did you decide to be you now? Like, what made you decide to be a developer? Like, you said there are a lot of roles. And I know that you started developing when you were, like, in first year of college. What made you stay in development? Because you have people now listening, maybe 10 years in development, and they're asking, should I stay in development? Maybe I should just start a business. What made, what what keeps me staying is because I still think that it's the best way for me to make an impact. Yeah. yeah. So I'm still here because my overall goal is not to be in tech. My overall goal is to make an impact. To change the world. Yeah. And I think this is still the best way to do it. That's There's no other industry in the world where you get uh, bought for a billion dollars Mm-mm. in five years. Wow. Right? Unless it's like a scam. <laughs> so Hopefully. <laughs> it's always in tech. Tech can create the biggest change. Yeah. In little effort. Oh, I would in say in less time. Less time. Yeah. 
Okay, now we're almost at the end of our okay. podcast. Thank the you final much. question. The final question is, Mr. Jose Albert Padin. <laughs> Sorry for the full name. What's next for Albert Padin? Like, given that you're the CEO, you're the CDO, you're the GDE, like, you're into creating bigger impact. What's, like, a physical next for Albert Padin? Would you be creating uh, a new app to change the world? Or, like... Huh. I, I'm not giving you that much pressure. Like, think that what's next, Mr. Newbert's question. But what's next? Yeah, Interesting. What's next? I've never thought about that question. Actually, what's next? Because I'm always, I'm always present, present and changing. Mm-hmm. Always. So I would say, um, right now, um, we are, for example, for Simf, we're expanding. We're 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 trying to go into the U.S., go into Singapore, mm-hmm. establish offices there. I would say that's the next biggest milestone that we have. Um, have like a build a better impact in the community I think we're already doing the stuff that we like mm-hmm. so I'm not really thinking of like what's the next thing because mm-hmm. we are doing the things that we like to do mm-hmm. I think what would be the continuously uh, I would say next for us is is just scaling it up mm-hmm. right yeah so for example if we're, we're doing our community events today at the rate of like around one to two per month I would like to be able to reach more community mm-hmm. uh, people and, and scale that up. Um, for our products that we have launched, just scale it up to more customers. Mm-hmm. For example, we have like these things that we do for restaurants that help restaurants in the Philippines. We have technology for restaurants. Um, I just want to scale up more, to more restaurants. Mm-hmm. Um, the Simf company impact in itself, like just grow that. We already big in Philippines and Singapore, China and, and the US. We wanna just grow Mm-mm. more and more. A so, global brand for Steph. Yeah, yeah. Like so that's that's sort of like what I would answer to what's next. next. This is just a bigger version of what we have now. That's super cool. You know, just just to say, I really like that when you answer questions, you always include we because I feel like you have a strong team behind you. I do. It's not only you, like you have people supporting you because whether you're in tech or you're in life, it's good to have a good support system. So I think you're like uh, you're a model. I wouldn't call them like my support system. Uh, uh, good. Would, yeah, we're we're a team. We're a, a team. partner. I'm yeah. sorry for that. Yeah. So it's like good to have people with you in that journey, in finding you know maybe your true passion or creating impact. So it's really nice to have someone or people with you. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, you can't you can't do things alone. Maybe uh, you, you can, can do a few things, yeah, alone. But it would be harder. <laughs> yeah, to go really far, they say, you know, you have to go together. If you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. Wow. I think, I think, I think, I would contest that statement sometimes, but I think so far, experience has proven it mm. to be true. To be true, yeah. That's super nice. Thank you, Albert. Thank you, for Albert. Thank you, for thank you, Francis, for having me. For having shared Woo-hoo! all your first friends. guest, yes, first guest. I'm so excited. How was your experience so far? Was it is it your first podcast interview? No, this is my I think third. Wow. Yeah, I had a podcast interview for GCP in for Google Cloud in San Francisco. That was my first. Wow. Yeah, and I think I forgot. I'm feeling I had a second, but not sure. Maybe this is my second or third. Thank you for coming, and I'm so happy to be able to hear your thoughts and then your tips. Those are those who are starting to be a developer, who are in the middle of their careers, who are not yet sure what they want to do. Just one thing, and to those who are in the last parts, maybe very long in development, 
just don't give up in what you do and find your passion and goal and just try and yeah. find a commitment. Yes. And and if you made it this far listening to Francis and I talk, I just like to thank you. Really. <laughs> thank you for Thank you so me. much because that was quite a conversation. It was quite a while and, and you lasted. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. I hope you learned something. I hope we didn't um abuse your one hour <laughs> yeah. of listening. Well, one to more us. thing, like I'm open. Like if you'd like to message me, ask questions, uh you can just find me in Messenger and Facebook and just message me. I'm happy to, to answer, happy to help. Do you have other events coming up or uh, if ever they want to contact Simf, maybe they're interested in Yeah, just follow Simf page. We talk about Simfco on Facebook. We we talk about our events there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, please please like us and follow us and share us. <laughs> subscribe. Yeah, subscribe there. <laughs> Do you have personal pages that you want to check I, out? I mean I have Albertin Artificial Intelligence. I also have Albertin Airports, but um, you can follow those as well. Yes, find Albert Padin in Facebook. He replies to your messages if it's correct and it's good. <laughs> but nevertheless, guys, thank you very much for listening to this podcast. Thank you again to our guest, Albert Padin, for sharing his experience and his tips to those who are into tech, who are probably starting to be tech and in development. So if ever you want to share this to people who are still finding their true calling in tech, make sure to like, share, and subscribe this podcast. And again, thank you to our guest, Albert Padin, and we'll see you in our next podcast. This has been Tech It or Leave It, discovering your true passion in tech, one podcast at a time.